Thank you so much, Cantor Luck, for those beautiful, beautiful words, taking us out of our own silent reflection, helping us to focus on the fact that we all need a bridge through these troubled waters. It's different for each one of us. For me, sometimes it's Shabbat and sometimes not, I have to admit. For those of us in our community who have lost track of time, which is probably everybody here, and those of us who are obsessed with time, with the days, the weeks, and the months that have passed, which are also probably most of us, Jewish tradition grounds us and guides us through the passage of time. And this morning as I was reading Parshat Pinchas, I was thinking so much about the time that we counted the days of the Omer between Pesach and Shavuot, and then this little feeling of lost again in between the 50 days that ended at Shavuot and today. And when I opened up Parshat Pinchas, I realized that we are just a week before the 10 weeks that come in a way to rescue us, to give us a time to count and something to count on between Tisha B'Av and Rosh Hashanah. And it was also a little bit of, in some ways a shock, but also a comfort to send out the letter to the congregation about Rosh Hashanah and understand that 10 weeks from now, Rosh Hashanah will be here the way that Shabbat comes to be with us and us with Shabbat. We will all be together in some way on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur. So the three weeks leading up to Tisha B'Av are called the Haftarot of Destruction, and the seven after that are called the Shabbat um, Haftarot of Consolation. And the first one is called Shabbat Nachamu, the Shabbat of Comfort. And all of them are read from the book of Isaiah for those seven weeks. Comfort, comfort my people, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami. We all need so much more comfort than we've ever needed before. And some of us have a harder time reaching out and asking for it, or even understanding that's what we need, consolation and comfort during these difficult days. And for me, I, I feel like I'm looking for it all the time. I'm looking in the nooks and the crannies. I try not to look at it or for it on the news because I don't seem to find it there. But this week I wanted to give us a little inspiration from something of the past, something of the present, and something of the future. And from the past, from our own Parashat Pinchas, it's a story in this week's portion of Zalafachad's daughters, Malcha, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Tirza, Numbers 27. And this story is about the first time that women came forward on their own behalf to right an injustice. Zalafachad's five daughters were challenged with the reality of all women at the time who didn't have voices and who did not have any rights to inheritance. And when the census was taken in the Book of Numbers, Zalafachad's daughters were not counted and his name would have disappeared because he had only daughters and no sons. And at that time, before this episode in the Torah, only sons could inherit. And so these five young women who had a lot of chutzpah came forward to all of the men, the men in the tribe, Eliezer, the priest, Moses, the head of the community, and all of the chieftains among them. They were the only women and they were very young and they came forward and they said, this is not right. And nobody had given them permission to come. Nobody had called upon them. They recognized that their father's name would be blotted out and that they would have no inheritance right. And they came to Moses and they pled their case before him. And the miracle of this section in Parshat Pinchas is that Moses took this complaint and this writing of an injustice all the way to God and simply put it before God and God said the five daughters are correct and from 
that period of time forward, what they brought us was a landmark decision in women's inheritance right that stood and stands until this very day. They had a lot of chutzpah. So when I look at this portion, I think about what it takes in each one of us if we're not called, if we're not allowed, if there's no space for us, and if we feel like we've never had a voice, but that there's some serious injustice. There's serious injustice all around us. So what does it take for us to leave the place of being uncomfortable and move forward into that space? Three days ago, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman resigned and retired at the age of the young age of 45 from his esteemed and decorated service to our country. He was the Lieutenant Colonel who was the Director for European Affairs for the NSC, the United States National Security Council, until he was reassigned on February 2020. This past October 2019, he testified before the United States Congress regarding the Trump-Ukraine scandal, and his testimony would later form the crux of allegations of abuse of power against the president and contributed to the impeachment of Donald Trump. I will never forget listening to his words as he thanked his father for fleeing the Soviet Union 40 years ago and bringing his family to America. My family left the former Soviet Union many years before that. My grandparents came over on a boat from Kerch on the Black Sea in Russia a book called The Wilhelm de Kaiser. I'll never forget the name. And I know for all of us here tonight on Shabbat, we can think about our ancestors who took a trip from somewhere far away. Alexander's family came in this generation. He thanked his family for his father for that bravery. And Vindman, at the same time, reassured his father he'd be okay after testifying on President Trump's pressure campaign. And these were his words. I was listening to NPR and I pulled over my car and began to weep when he said, Dad, I'm sitting here today in the U.S. Capitol talking to our elected professionals. That is proof that you made the right decision 40 years ago to leave the Soviet Union. Lieutenant Colonel Vindman said, don't worry, I will be fine for telling the truth. I will be fine for telling the truth. Three days ago, he retired after serving our country his entire adult life, just as his brother had at the age of 45. That felt very sad to me. It felt a little scary, but it also felt that it was a time to celebrate what he had actually accomplished in his life and how forward he had come for all of us to see. Soviet Jewish emigre serving his country. Third, and hopefully there's many more, um, sad moment this week, Carl Reiner, passed away, blessed memory. Um, he was a very big influence on me, both as a rabbi and a comedian. And I hope that you have read by now Steve Martin's eulogy um, that was printed in the New York Times called Perfect. And Steve Martin said that um, there were only two perfect people that he knew in the world, Martin Short and Carl Reiner. And Steve Martin and Carl Reiner had a 41-year-old friendship that began when Carl directed The Jerk. And uh, on the first day's drive to the set, because there was a gas shortage, um, he would pick Steve Martin up in his Honda Civic every day. Um, he confided in Steve Martin, whenever I start a film, I hear the child's voice in my head singing, we're making a movie, we're making a movie. Steve Martin gave a great tribute to him. He said that the first time that Carl stopped him and directed him, he was expecting something very long and deep. And all he said were the three words to Steve Martin, 
and only guess Carl Reiner could say this is Steve Martin. He just said to him, funny it up, funny it up. And um, I think about that because in these dark moments, um, there's so much darkness. I personally turn to people like Carl Reiner and Steve Martin and we need joy and we need laughter through all of this sadness. Steve Martin said, to me, Carl was not just fatherly, he was an exemplar. Five years and four films later, Steve Martin wrote, I was a different person because of subtle osmosis of traits from Carl to me. His interaction with people gave me a template of how to be a better, nicer person, how to lead with kindness. He said, when I perform comedy, I can still hear echoes of my influences coming through. And he said, but it is not Carl's comedic advice I cherish. Rather, it is how he affected my everyday life, the part that has nothing to do with movies or acting. Sometimes I deal with people in meetings, social dinners, and plain old conversation with a buoyancy foreign to me and realize, oh, that's the way Carl would have done it. So Carl, he said, I raise my glass of seltzer and flip through the Rolodex of words that apply to you, talent, energy, wisdom, humor. But for me, one of your qualities stands out that is not often cited in the legacies of the famous. Steve Martin said simply the word decency. All along, it was your decency that infused and invigorated your incredible gifts. So tonight on Shabbat Nachamu, which is just a few, this Shabbat, Shabbat Nachamu is in a few weeks, we ask for comfort from our tradition. And I invite us to listen to the words of Nachamu, Nachamu, that Cantor Luck will be chanting for us in just a moment. Words from the prophet Isaiah, because as these days have become weeks, and the weeks have become months, and we start to absorb the reality that the months will become a year or maybe longer. That the changes in the darkness that we are experiencing together feels permanent and unstoppable. We all need moments of inspiration, whether it comes from Zalofahad's five daughters coming forward uninvited and saying, we're writing an injustice and changing the history of the world for women. Or whether it is the radical service that a young man who came from the former Soviet Union lifted up to us, a patriotic young Jewish serviceman. And I think of him as a brother, as a patriot myself in this country. And finally, Karl Reiner for bringing the funny, the laughter, the tears, but most importantly, at a time when civility, honesty, and integrity have gone missing. We look all around and we can't find it. Steve Martin reminded us what we all need is the gift, simply, of human decency. Shabbat Shalom.